1: Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast. It's that time again. We are here for another episode of the Cashflow Guys podcast. My name is Tyler Sheff, and I am your host. This week, we're going to go back to basics. We're going to talk about all the way back to the very beginning, getting started. You know, it's easy for me to get carried away, and there's so much to learn when you're talking about real estate investing. There's so many different exit strategies, ways to acquire opportunities, ways to negotiate deals ways to raise capital ways to make money it's just it gets carried away and lately i've run across a lot of new investors and i'm seeing them looking kind of like that doe that deer in the headlights look going where in the hell do i get started so next couple episodes we're going to talk about some of the entry-level stuff some of the basics getting you back to basics and we're going to start with beginning with the end in mind now it's real easy to get swallowed whole by what goes on in the real estate business. And recently I was at my friend, Larry Harbaugh was teaching the land trust seminar. And it's interesting. There's a lot of investors in that, that don't even own any property. And they've been in investor trying to invest now for a couple of years. And the beauty of Larry seminars is that you get to spend a lot of time, uh, breaks and, and after dinner and dinners and things like that, getting to meet the other people that are at the event. And I go, I attend every one of Larry's seminars. I've, I love going to his events, and I go because I like to meet people, and I always learn something new every time I go. Larry's a great teacher, and I really enjoy learning from him and being around him when he does his seminars. He's somebody that I look up to, so I want to spend as much time around good people like that as I possibly can. Now, what I learned, though, was a lot of people that were there, they're quote-unquote investors, but they haven't done any deals yet, and I've asked them, you know, how long you've been, been an investor. And some of them have been in, in trying to invest for several years. And they're just not ready to pull the trigger yet. They're just not there. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's been 71 episodes, you know, and I've covered pretty much every topic I can think about that I think would help you get started in the real estate investing space. And I realize that there's many things I haven't discussed. However, I purposely did not discuss those things because I didn't want to overcomplicate this journey. This journey is complicated enough. You know, everybody, you, you get you go on Facebook and you, you go into whole, these wholesaling houses full time or one of these silly groups and you have all these wannabes on there and people try, you know, everybody's got their own opinion. And, and some, some poor person pops in there and says, I want to be a real estate investor. What's the first thing I should do? And there is a resounding, everybody comes in with the same answer. You should be a wholesaler. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that logic, and here's why. First of all, everybody's a wholesaler. Everybody on the planet is a wholesaler. I'm pretty convinced that we've got more wholesalers in my market in the Tampa area than we do realtors, and we already have too many realtors, let me tell you. So everybody tries to do the same thing over and over again, and I I don't remember uh, who originally coined the phrase. Some people said it was Einstein and, and whatnot, but... You know what's the what's the definition of insanity it's doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result and you'd think that in real estate investing we would get a clue and try not to repeat history but everybody thinks they can do it better than the next and then you wind up everybody being a wholesaler i disagree with that whole let's just jump into wholesaling because you know wholesaling is no is no joke it takes a pretty strong stomach a strong will pretty strong ability to negotiate, to be successful in the wholesale space. If you're, you're getting into those uh, flipping contracts type thing, you're assigning contracts. It's not, I, you know, I guess it's a great way to learn, but it's also kind of like, you know, why don't you go ahead and and cut your big toe, get the blood in the water and then jump in with the sharks. It's a, (laughs) it could be a little much for a lot of people. So today I want to talk about, let's just start at step one. You know, let's start right back at the beginning You know, as I sit here recording this episode, I wonder how many of you have actually used the information that I've provided you so far to take action, action that results in achieving financial freedom. How many of you? Now, I can't see if you had your hands up, but I want you to ask yourself this question. Have I applied anything that I've learned from Tyler? I know a lot of you have and, and a lot of you have have achieved success and I'm proud of you for doing that. Others? I'm not necessarily disappointed in you. I just, I wish you would have taken some action. And I realize that there are reasons why you haven't taken action yet. Some of them are, are within your well, within your control and some are not within your control. However, I do think that it's, this is the year it's 2017. I think it's time. I think it's time for you to take that action. I think it's time for you to make a difference in your life. Now it's interesting. A lot of you, I talk to and I, and I really love it when people make an appointment on um, with uh, the ask Tyler calls and that for those of you just tuning in, that's a free call that I do every Friday and Saturday. It's by appointment only where people can book some time with me we go over what's your, what's bugging you, where you're at, help you with a deal, anything you need help with. I love reaching out and helping those of you that are taking the time out of your day to listen to me. It is one of the ways that I give back. So, With that, and I hear people have different struggles, and a lot of them come down to the same, similar, anywhere, common denominators. I don't have the money. If I had the money, or I don't know how to get a deal. So I realize, ladies and gentlemen, I realize that getting started in real estate can be overwhelming, to say the least. So to help you move past those feelings, let's get back to basics, shall we? So stay with me for, for a bit. We're going to go all the way back to basics, but I'm going to give you some new information. I might give you some old information, but it's all going to seem new because I'm going to bring it to you in a different way. And we'll see if this helps you get a little bit closer to where you want to be. So first of all, before we get started, I want to talk about quickly about my Facebook group. You've heard me talk about it on previous episodes. If you're new to the Cashflow Guys podcast, if you go to cashflowguys.com forward slash group, you can sign up there and get take advantage of our free Facebook group. Also, recently we started a Patreon website. What we started the Patreon website for is that a lot of people reach out and I get emails and people have mailed letters and you know sent letters regular mail. I get emails, phone calls. People want to give back. They appreciate how much I do for them. Spending time doing this, putting out this podcast, it costs me a good amount of money. I have a, a staff that helps me do the editing and all this. And a lot of people have expressed that they want to make donations to help me do even an even better job and give you more information and, and, and more tools and more resources in lieu of signing up for courses and things like that. So we came up with Patreon and Patreon basically is a website you go to where you can make a donation, a monthly donation. If you want to give a dollar a month, great. Some people I just had somebody the other day uh, from Charlotte, North Carolina, give five hundred dollars a month as a donation. And I've had another person bring one hundred and fifty dollars a month donation. Those donations are very well appreciated. Let me tell you, I really, really appreciate that. It's not required, but if you are interested in making a donation to the Cashflow Guys podcast, which also helps support my my Facebook group as well, and helps me create the content and put together the videos and cover the editing costs and all the other things that go along with the podcast, you can go to cashflowguys.com forward slash donate. Cashflowguys.com forward slash donate. That's D O. N a T E cashflow guys.com forward slash donate enough of that stuff. Let's get back to basics. We got to start with our why. And I know and a lot of you are rolling your eyes again, you're like, Oh, he's back on that. Why thing again, but it's very, very important. And when I see people failing, it's usually because they don't want it bad enough. So they haven't realized why they're doing it. There's sometimes people are doing it for different reasons. Sometimes people are doing it just for fun because they're bored. I don't know because they they love the challenge. So let's ask ourselves for a second, why are we doing this to begin with? What is it about where we are that inspired us to look to real estate as a change strategy? Think about that for a second. What is it about where we are right now that inspired us or where we were that inspired us to think about real estate as a change strategy? Well, I could answer for me. I was raised in it. My mother's been a real estate broker for almost 40 years now, 40 years in the business. I was raised in it. I was born in a building that's real estate. I grew up in a couple different houses. Well, I guess we all were. Some of some of you are probably born in a hut, but you know that's a whole different story. I actually, have listeners out in Montana. I didn't even think they had the internet in Montana. That's impressive. So those of you my Montana friends, shout out to Montana. But what paths led you here? What le- what paths led you to where you sit or where you stand right here and now? Do you feel? That you will get rich as a real estate investor, and if so, define rich. What does rich mean to you? Some people I've got our one gentleman that is a, he moved here from Russia, listens to our show. Uh, I talked to him a few months back. See, you didn't think I, you thought I forgot about you, but I talked to him a few months back. He drives driving down the, the open road here in the U.S. Waiting to get a citizenship. He wants to live the American dream. He's in the wants to buy one house at a time, build his wealth, and escape the rat race. He's a young man, he's still in his 20s, and I admire him for taking the action to do so. So for him, he has a certain definition of what rich is to him. Other people don't really care if they're rich. For me, it's about building wealth. I don't really care about the Lamborghinis, I don't care about the, the I'd like to have a jet, that'd be cool. But I really don't like to fly, so, I mean, I'll do it, but I don't, I'm not giddy about it. But I've always wanted to get my pilot's license. I don't need to be rich, quote-unquote, but I do want to, be, have, to continue to build my wealth. That's important to me most people fail because the why simply is not strong enough for them or it it remains undefined and a lot of people they just don't sit there and take the time to figure out why they want to do this or they come up with a superficial reason why and later we're going to talk about negotiation tactics and things like that when you're in front of of buyers and sellers and one of the most important things you can ask a seller when you're negotiating terms and i don't want to get them ahead of myself here but this is important is what are you going to do with the money? Why are you selling? See, you always want to be in a position where you're asking questions instead of assuming the answers. That's critical. And that it's absolutely critical. Make sure you are in a position to ask the questions. Don't assume the answers. So like I said a minute ago, most people fail because their why simply is not strong enough. Oh, I just want to get rich or I want a Lamborghini. And at the first sign of trouble, when things get a little complicated, they're like, well, the hell with this, I'm done. The why goes beyond because I hate my job. That's another popular one because I want a Lamborghini. I want you to dig deeper. I want you to really think why you're choosing real estate. You could go do, I don't know, the Forex foreign exchange. You could uh, open a lemonade stand. You could um, sell diabetic test strips or whatever it is they do on the Internet now. heard that's quite lucrative. All kinds of different things you can do to build wealth. Okay, it just really depends on how quickly that happens. I guess the bigger the assets that you're playing with, the bigger the toys, the bigger the the rewards. But ask yourself that question: Why am I here doing this? What 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 is it about real estate? Do I like taking ugly things and making them pretty? Do I like architecture? Do I just like the fact that real estate usually involves larger amounts of money? What is it? What makes sense? To me, many of us spend a great deal of time refusing to dig deep. You know, it's very easy for us to think in, in shallow terms. You know, instead we we will dig shallow and then we wonder why we can't find the gold. You know, think about this for a second. If you're not spending the time digging deep, looking inside of yourself, understanding the, the core reasons why you're doing what you're doing. I've been reading some books on the subject lately that i will mention at some point down the road when i get one of those e explicit because the title is a little graphic but it's uh the art the, the subtle art of not given a f and i'll leave it at that great book you should read it boy if uh profanity or bad language bothers you then you may want to skip this book but it's got a really good story i digress if you want to find the gold folks you're gonna to have to dig deep Okay. Look at the minds of these days. It's the same thing. You got to dig deep if you want to find the gold. So you can't just sit there and go, well, I'm just going to try this for a week or two. And some of us simply can't move forward unless we clearly see the destination. I see this happen a lot. The, what I call the engineer mindset. And I have a lot of uh, investors that are of mine that are, that work with us and invest in our deals that are engineers. For some reason I attract engineers. I love engineers because like me, they like a lot of facts. And that's good because I can give them lots of facts. That's why they, I probably seek me out because they know I got nothing to hide, and I will give them so much information I'll clog their brain. Because I love looking at the data and I love playing with the numbers and looking at different things and seeing how we can t- turn something that's ugly into something that's profitable. I just get a kick out of that. So I I wind up dealing with a lot of engineers, and that's fine if you, you know. But you, when you get to the point to where. Your need to clearly see the destination prohibits you from even taking the trip. Well, that's a problem, folks. That is an absolute problem. And that's something you got to ask yourself. Is that Does that affect you? Is that That's what we call analysis paralysis. You could analyze. You can analyze. You can analyze. I don't care what your exit strategy is, what you do as an investor. But if you are the type of person that is deep at the analyzation part of it, that could prove to be a big challenge for you. You should think about that. Okay. You should definitely, definitely think about that. The fact of analysis paralysis, that's the reason why so many bookshelves this day this day and age across the country are filled with unopened real estate investment courses. That's because people feel they need full clarity and understanding before they take any action at all. I run into a lot of people this way. I have friends of mine that I'm Kenya. They've got everything from the the Carlton Sheets manual from the eighties all the way up to the latest Uh, guru course who is it? legacy is I guess the most popular one out there that's out there legacy educations hitting people for they start you at five grand and before you know it you're $150,000 in debt with all these shiny new credit cards they gave you you got this beautiful bookshelf just loaded with courses yet you haven't taken any action that's sad here's the thing I have no problem with education I think there's definitely a place for education there certainly is. That's why I'm, I'm an educator in, the, in this field. Didn't plan that way, but it just wound up that way. Here's the thing. All the education in the world without, without some action, without taking some action is completely useless. So try not to get all caught up in buying a course to shorten the time frame. Because there's not a course out there I don't believe that's really going to effectively shorten the time frame. Action will shorten the time frame action of getting out there and knocking on doors, talking to people, going to open houses, talking to competent investors, investors that are actually doing what you want to do. This is the key. And this is one thing that's helped me a lot is spending some time with people that are doing or were doing what I wanted to do. And that really helped gave me some role models to to mold my business after. You know, one of the questions you have to ask yourself is, do you want to build a business or do you simply want a bit of income on the side? And there's nothing wrong with either way. You can go either way. You can build a business or you can just build a bit of income on the side. Now, I'm of one of these people that kind of became an accidental businessman. I didn't necessarily intend on building this big real estate machine that I've built. It just kind of happened that way. It was one of those things you were, I reached a crossroads and it was like, okay, this is either a side hustle or this is a full-time gig, which is it now for me? I love my passion is the art of the deal. I just love being in the deal and working the deal. And my second passion is teaching people. I truly love watching people learn. I really get a kick out of helping people, watching them see that feeling of, I got it. I understand it now. I get it. And then watching them take the action to succeed. I get a real kick out of that although I didn't intend to start this big business that I have now I'm here and I don't regret it at all. I love what I'm doing. I love who I'm working with the people on my team, my clients, my students. I just have a blast doing what I'm doing. I absolutely love it. And the biggest mistake I got to tell you I've made along the way is I forgot to charge people. I get such a kick out of helping people. I didn't even bother to charge people, and that put us in a little bit of a financial bind there for a while because I spent so much time teaching people, I wasn't out doing deals myself. I took a break from doing deals, and, well, then I'm not making as much money. I I have to continually be doing deals, adding more assets to my portfolio to make my money. So the education piece, I was so busy educating everybody else, helping everybody else make money, I was doing it to my own detriment. So I had to to stop a little bit and focus more on my own portfolio and making sure that my family is taken care of, that my family eats before I try to save the whole world. I digress. That's a whole other story, but I know tons of people that simply love their job and they want to keep working. I met one today, this weekend or last weekend at the land trust seminar. I was at this guy's from uh, Maryland, from DC, and he loves his job. Totally loves his job, has no desire to quit his job, but does want to replace his income over time. I think that's outstanding. So essentially, he's going to use real estate to double his income because his job is such that he loves it. But usually the jobs you love don't pay that well. It pays okay. Nothing wrong with it. But I gathered from listening to him talk that the opportunity for exponential increase in income from from the the W-2 job isn't likely uh based on what he does which is fine because he loves it so much it doesn't matter to him he's going to go out and buy some rental property hold those rental properties for long term and, and use that mailbox money to go on vacation take the family on vacation build up his retirement account that's his goals and folks there's nothing wrong with that nothing at all wrong with that some like the thrill of flipping or the hunt of buying i love to buy i'm telling you I used to have a thrill for flipping. You know, I like the negotiation part of flipping. I think that's cool, but the rest of it, you can keep. The hunt of buying is one that I love. I love buying stuff. Boy, I get a kick out of that. It, when I'm working that's why, you know, as a, as a real estate agent, I find myself working with buyers a lot, although I should be listing and nothing wrong with listing. I do quite a bit of it, but I do get a kick out of working with buyers. I love watching buyers get a, a just a, an awesome deal and blow on their mind. So for me, I get a big kick out of that and I want to help people do that. So that's why I do it. So don't let the real estate investing world push you in a place where you you don't want to be. Okay. I want to reiterate that again. Don't let it suck you in. So, but let's keep it simple for this episode. We're starting over again. We're going to go, we're going to dig deep. We're going to go back to, let's visit the two main paths of real estate. And I know there's several different ways you can go in real estate. There's I mean, I could probably count off 100 different strategies you can come up with right now. I've got Peter Fortunato is a, a, a mentor of mine. I've got to keep his book on my desk of different types of deals and extra strategies he's done. It's a big fat three ring binder. It's probably got 200 deal examples in it or something. But lots of different ways you can do things. But let's keep it simple for this one. Let's talk about the two main paths, which I'm going to call those holding rental properties for cash flow. And the second one would be speculation. That would either be like a wholesale or a flip scenario because I think they're really very similar. Wholesaling or flipping, there, you're basically taking something and, at a discounted price. You're doing some sort of improvements to it or remarketing the property and then selling it for the, the contract or the property for a higher value. So we'll start with investing for cash flow. That's my favorite thing in the world. But I'll be honest with you, full disclosure. It's about as exciting as watching paint dry. It is. It is what it is. You know, I've got all, right now all my property. All the construction is done on all my properties. And I'm a little bored. I got to tell you, I'm a little sad because there's really nothing to do. And I went kayaking the other day and I was thinking to myself, I need another project. And then I realized that, oh, yeah, I forgot. We just picked up another building over in Tampa that we're going to be renovating here soon. After we relocate some people and we're going to be raising the rents from 700 bucks a month to, I don't know, I think it's nine fifty, We're going to be doing some light renovations in there and some landscaping. And that'll be fun. It'll be cool. I hope that the contractors won't disappoint me this time. I'm going to give somebody a, a, that I just met recently at my cash flow event a shot at the contractor work, see how they do, and hopefully I will have a new uh, contractor for my tool belt. We'll see. But here's the thing you know, although investing for cash flow isn't very exciting, I got to say, over time, it can be extremely lucrative. Extremely lucrative. The key here is to buy good properties in good areas using as little of your own cash as possible. That's the goal, okay? So think of it like a game. Your game is to acquire good properties in good areas using as little of your own cash as possible. That is your challenge. we are ready, set, go. But as a buy and hold investor, you make your money every single month for as long as you own the property, okay? For as long as you own that asset, you make money every single month. While you're holding the property, the value of that property generally increases. And I, want, and I say generally on purpose. If it's a single family home, the value is usually tied to market conditions. In other words, if an appraiser came in and looked at that property five years after you bought it, they're not going to consider as much that it was a rental property. They're going to pay more attention to comparable sales in the area. So that said, if the market has appreciated, if, if the property values have gone up in your neighborhood, then your property should be worth more money. If it has gone down, which we saw in the 2005, 6, seven, eight, depending on who you ask, crisis, and there's a potential that the property value could be diminished, that is always a risk. Now, conversely, on the multifamily side of things, if the multifamily property, if it's a multifamily property, the value is generally tied to the income it generates, okay, And if it's commercial property, the same can be true. However, the use value in a commercial property, and when I say commercial property, I'm talking about a warehouse, maybe a storage building, a gas station, something like that, its use value can also be tied to the value in addition to the income it could generate. For example, if you own a manufacturing facility and you're buying a warehouse to move your facility inside, then obviously that. Warehouse is not going to generate income as a building. It's got a place for you to put your toys so you can make money. So you, the value will be looked at more of the use value, what, what's in it for you type of thing. And, and I'm not going to dig too deep on that t- today. At some point, I'll get an appraiser on here and they can bore you to tears with all that. But during the, the initial learning phase, you got to seek out others who are already investing in the type of properties you are considering. That is very, very important. When I say seek out others, in my market, for example, Pete Fortunato, Larry Harbold, people like that, you can meet, and they're just legends in the industry, you can meet them at the local McDonald's, and you buy them a cup of coffee, and they'll talk to you for hours about real estate, about everything you want to know about real estate. They'll tell you more than you ever wanted to know about real estate, actually. But you've got to get off your butt and get down there and go talk to them, and they don't expect anything but a cup of coffee, and really that's kind of the way it should be. That said... You know, people sometimes blow my phone up and, and I'll get text messages and they send me a bunch of stuff and go, is this a good deal? Should I buy it? It's like, well, easy killer. I mean, <laughs> lots more to consider. We, You know, I, if I spend all of my day telling people if they've got a good deal or not, number one, I, that's just not going to work because I, I don't know enough about them or the deal to be able to really tell But number two, obviously, I'm not devoting any time to my family and my vocation, which is not good for me either. So if I can't, you know, take care of my family, then I'm no good to help anybody else. I digress. But during the initial learning phase, you should find people from time to time. And I've got people that I help out from time to time and and uh, Jody and and uh, Lance and Vlad and all these people. You guys all know who you are that come to me and Jerry and all the people, at my cash flow events come to me and ask me questions. I'm more than happy to get them to ask, answer their questions when they ask it. But they also realize that I am very busy and my time is valuable and they respect that so that they send me an email. They don't call me five minutes later and go, did you get my email? Did you answer my question? They don't then follow it up with a text message and stalk me. They ask a question, they respect that when I have the time, I will get to it and I'd be more than happy to answer it. And I encourage all of you to reach out to me via email. If you have questions about anything involving real estate, that's why I do those 30 minute calls. I'd be more than happy to get on a 30 minute call with you. Send me an email, ask me questions. I'd be more than happy to respond with a video email going in depth with my answers. I'm here to help you just understand that sometimes it can take me several days. And (laughs) lately it's been several weeks to get back to you. Uh, But I do get back to everybody. So please feel free to reach out. Now, fix and flipper, well, first of all, before I get off the subject there, the buy and hold strategy is the, of the two strategies we're talking about today, that is the one that is taxed at the lowest rate of the two, okay, the lowest rate, where the fix and flip strategy that is taxed at the highest rate. So the fix and flipper, just like you see on TV, generally makes their money. Notice that you never see a buy and hold guy on TV, you know, a guy sitting on the back porch, kind of like, well. I painted it an hour ago. I wonder if it's tacky yet. I should stick my finger in it. Nope. It's not ready yet. Better fix that part. And that's the end of the buy and hold guy. But a fix and flipper generally makes the money by buying houses that need renovations or can be changed by adding bedrooms or changing floor plans and then later selling them for a profit. Wholesalers, the people that are wholesaling contracts or just signing contracts, essentially what they do is they find a property, they negotiate a discounted price for the property, and then they sell their rights to the contract. They assign the contract to another party for a fee. And what that fee works out to be depends. A lot of different factors. But the rehabbers generally, what they're going to do is they're going to either add bedrooms or they'll do some rehab work, make it look pretty. They'll change the floor plans, you know, whatever. And then later they sell them for a profit. Now, this type of investing is what we call a speculation play. So, they're, they're speculating that by doing the improvements or buying the property right, that over time, in a few months' time, that when they, they make the, the property pretty again, that it's going to sell for a significantly higher amount of money. Now, the hold times on these types of investments are usually only a few months at the longest, okay? just a few months at the longest. Generally speaking, the rehabber buys the house in rough condition at a discount from full retail value. Now, that's not happening these days lately. The problem is, is a lot of these rehabbers are overpaying for the properties. There's a million reasons why they do that, but I won't go into all of them today, but we're running low on time, but but after they buy them, if they buy them right, they fix them up, and sometimes if they don't buy them right, they still fix them up, and they hope to sell it for a bigger profit later. Now, this strategy is more risky than the buy and hold model, thus, you know, it really should yield a higher reward, in my opinion. Now, the difference is, is that the, the buy and hold thing is more of an instant profit type thing, and I say instant, I say that tongue in cheek, instant meaning like three to six months. Although I know a lot of you listening to this, your, your profits have taken a lot longer. And in some cases, your profits turn into losses. It is what it is. But you understand that the flipping part of things is taxed at the highest rate allowed by law. Okay, Taxed at the highest rate allowed by law. So those of you that are interested in flipping, are the, i got to tell you, you're the main target of real estate investment gurus because they know you're looking for that get-rich-quick. They know they see you coming a mile away. They spend countless hours and tens of thousands of dollars figuring out how to sucker you in, how to draw you in. And they're going to charge you amounts of an education, what it would cost you to buy a house. You could buy a house for a of, what a lot of what these education pro- programs are. Again, nothing wrong with education, but as I've always said, and I coined this phrase, it shouldn't cost $50,000 to learn how to buy a $50,000 house facts folks facts so those interested in flipping I, like i said those, you're the main target of real estate investment gurus understand that embrace that okay there's an entire industry that's been created to prey on those with that get rich quick mentality the safest way to proceed down this path is to take on a mentor to guide you through these shark infested waters folks that's where the one of the benefits of the cash flow guys community if you're on facebook Go to cashflowguys.com forward slash group. Join our community. If once you feel like someone's swimming around you and you see that fin come out of the water, pop on the group. Tell us about it. There's lots of experienced investors in there that'll be more than happy to hold your hand and keep you out of trouble. You need people like that, folks, out there. You need people that are looking out for you because the majority of people are looking out for your wallet and they're coming to get you. So that's going to wrap up this week's episode. And again, if you want to make a donation to help us improve our podcast, improve our show, put out more content to you guys, go to cashflowguys.com forward slash donate, cashflowguys.com forward slash donate. If you want to get on the phone with me, absolutely free of charge. Nothing for sale. No get rich quick gimmick. No courses, nothing like that. I'm going to pitch you on the phone call. We're going to talk about whatever you want to talk about in real estate. Go to cashflowguys.com. forward slash ask Tyler cashflow forward slash ask Tyler's going to wrap it up for this week. I do appreciate you taking the time to listen to me and I'll see you next week. Have a great week.
0: This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn.